Okay, everybody. Uh, this is sort of a, an unusual and special podcast because we have a special guest star that I will introduce uh, in a few minutes. But this week we are going to be talking about Bo Burnham's 2018 uh, dramedy, I guess you could say, Eighth uh, Grade. This is Bo Burnham's uh, directorial debut. Um, this movie stars uh, essentially Elsie uh, Fisher as the eponymous uh, eighth grader of the title. Um, and this really deals with the transition uh, of the, her character, Kayla, um, as she finishes eighth grade the last week of middle school um, and uh, is getting ready to go to high school. Uh, the movie touches on a lot of uh, issues involving adolescence. Uh, some are universal themes of adolescence uh, in terms of friends wanting to fit in, uh, loneliness, uh, attraction, uh, to members of the opposite sex for the first time. Um, and there's some a lot of emphasis on timeliness in the sense that, um, you know, for example, when I was a kid, we didn't have Instagram and Snapchat, and a lot of the movie focuses on uh, her absolutely relentless uh, use of her phone at all hours of the day and night, uh, which is different than when we were kids, but if I had a phone, I'd probably have been similar. Um the movie is done in a sort of cinema verite style uh, as you follow Kayla throughout uh, the last week of school. Um, she is very isolated at school uh, and she uh, wins in the opening scene, for example, the quietest student award for her class superlatives. Um, much of the film is about uh, Kayla struggling to overcome her own inner fears. She is a painfully shy and awkward kid who... Uh, tries to boost her confidence by essentially making instructional videos that she posts on YouTube for other kids about how to be more confident uh, and gregarious and out there. Um, these movies, these, sorry, these videos she makes for YouTube stand in stark contrast to her real life, and we see her doing these uh, repeatedly throughout the film. Uh, much to her dismay and chagrin, uh, these videos get essentially no views on YouTube um, and as the film progresses, um, she manages to make a little bit of a friend and an older high school student who is essentially assigned to her, sort of implying that maybe she couldn't get a friend on her own, but when she has somebody assigned to her, uh, she does a little bit better. This is an older girl named Olivia, who she does essentially a ride-along with at the high school as a buddy to sort of get a sense of what high school is actually going to be like, and they form uh, a somewhat limited friendship. Um, this leads to both some good and some awkward encounters as she hangs out with the much older kids. Um, the the plot, per se, is really mostly about her character arc over the uh, this week or so as we sort of see her uh, face her own demons gearing up for the reality of her impending uh, arrival in high school. Um, she does come to terms with the fact that she is presenting herself perhaps in a bit of a disingenuous way in her YouTube videos and, and does at some point uh, stop making videos because she does acknowledge in a video that she's really not living up to what she's advising other kids to do. Um, I think it's really hard uh, to make a good movie or a good television show about high school uh, or adolescence, shall we say. Um, it's, it's very easy for these to fall into stereotype or tropes or camp or ridiculousness or farce. Um, but I think that if you can pull off something deep and meaningful about high school, it has a universality to it that uh, people like. And for example, I'm I'm many decades past junior high, 
And I'm obviously a male, and I related to Kayla uh, enormously, having been an adolescent and gone through adolescent. When I was thinking about um, movies that got high school right, I thought, for example, parts of Fast Times, not so much the the Sean Penn stuff, but really the Jennifer Jason Lee uh, and the Judge Reinhold storyline, to me, seemed very realistic and accurate. Uh, the Breakfast Club, parts of Sixteen Candles, uh, Dazed and Confused, I think, may be one of the most realistic films about high school ever made. Um, TV, it's really tough, especially in the in the sort of format of episodic television. Um, I would say uh, Freaks and Geeks really, really stands out for me as a television show that realistically tried to portray high school, especially on multiple levels. Freaks and Geeks featured both ninth graders and 12th graders as subgroups. And My So-Called Life for, for a much more serious take. Um, on high school. I'm old enough to remember a, a long forgotten show called James at 15 that also had some very, very realistic touches to it. And again, like uh, I said earlier, there's a, a universality to adolescence, right? You're excited, you're eager, but at the same time, you're awkward and you're lonely much of the time. Uh, you're very curious about uh, all sorts of goings on around you, but you're not quite sure how to integrate yourself into some of those goings on unless you're uh, a very exceptional kid, and you're often left trying to juggle the social strata um, that exist at all levels of uh, schooling. Um, so I have a special guest star with me today, and I have my daughter, Sarah, who literally just finished eighth grade uh, and um, is about to start uh, ninth grade in high school and will be just like Kayla is transitioning from the middle school building over to the big, scary high school building. Um, and like Kayla, my daughter appears to be surgically attached to her phone at all <laughs> hours of the day and night. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Hi. So, Sarah, um, give us your first impressions about uh, this film about a protagonist that bears, for example, no small resemblance to you and your friends. Um, It was pretty realistic but other parts weren't that true compared to what i did in my junior high so tell me what you thought was realistic what did what did the filmmakers get right about their presentation of kayla's school and her life the classrooms the procedure for like one scene they had a school shooter lockdown like a drill yeah it was just a drill and they were acting out how to react during a situation like that and that was pretty realistic but some things that weren't that realistic were how like quirky everyone was made out to be but it's dramatized so the the scene where they have the mock school shooting uh part of it is made to show that the kids don't take it that seriously even though we are living in an era of school shootings when they had um school shooting drills at your school did the kids take it seriously or did the kids goof around i took it seriously but not everyone did. When they were told to not talk at all, they would laugh and make jokes about it, which isn't that cool. So when you were watching Kayla, did you relate to her? Um, in ways, I don't know. In A what way bit. would you say that you related to Kayla? She was not that confident about going to high school yet. And I imagine that most kids are nervous about going to high school. I mean, it's 
you know, you kind of go from being the big kid in middle school or junior high to all of a sudden you're the smallest kid and the building is much, much larger and it's a bigger world socially. Are, are Among your friends, I'm sure you guys talk about it, are, are most of your friends a little nervous about transitioning to high school? Yeah. What do you guys worry about? Um, me and my friends are all taking more difficult classes, so that will be stressful. So in the the film, um, Kayla's father is uh, portrayed <laughs> by Josh Hamilton. How did you think that I compared to Kayla's father? We should say that in the purposes of the film, there's no mother present. It's it's left unclear whether or not Kayla's mother has died or they've gotten divorced or she's run off. We don't actually know. It's just referred to that she's left. Um how did you, so the, in, the, in the film, a lot of the, the father's role is that he's sort of trying to reach out to his daughter and doesn't really know how or sort of struggling to connect with his daughter. Uh, do you think that was a realistic portrayal of a parent? I think it's realistic, but it's not how you are. Because well, you, you don't have that hard of time getting to me. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Because <laughs> he, he seems like he feels like he knows her, but he's actually kind of distant if you watch just Kayla's parts of the movie. So one thing that's obviously very central to the film is is the extent to which Kayla uh, and essentially all of the children uh, live their life on their phones. And that's one big difference. They even, they even talk about this a little bit. I mean, again, you know, we didn't have cell phones. You know, we didn't have anything like that. You know, we would watch episodes of Star Trek and see Captain Kirk talking on his communicator, <laughs> which was about as close as we could get. Um, but much of the movie takes place over text, Snapchat, Instagram. Um, and to what extent would you say that that dominates the social world now among junior high and high school kids? Um, I definitely use Instagram and Snapchat to talk to my friends a lot more than I see them in real life. But then I FaceTime them in video chat all the time. So that kind of balances it out a little and, and and when you think about the way the film portrayed Kayla sort of wanting online attention, wanting likes, wanting her videos watched, her videos yeah. shared. Um, I mean, are a lot of kids, you know, putting up videos on YouTube like that or trying to have an online presence beyond just texting? Um, I don't know anyone that's really trying to get famous through YouTube, but I do know people who try really, really hard to get likes and comments on their Instagram posts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so again, we're sort of going a little bit uh, back and around again and talking about you and Kayla. But tell us your thoughts more concretely about the movie, what you liked, what you didn't like. I liked how there was a conflict with the bully who, whose mom invited Kayla to her party that she didn't want Kayla to go to. Right. So for the viewer, sorry, for the listeners. So uh, Kayla, there's a big scene where Kayla gets invited to a pool party by a much more popular, self-confident kid. Uh, it's implied that the, the kid's mother is attracted to Kayla's father and invites Kayla along the way. And she's deeply uncomfortable at, at this party to the point that she actually has a panic attack upon arrival and has to go into the bathroom and calm her down. Um, did you think that was a realistic scene, the way that she sort of was thrown into this pool situation with kids she didn't really know? Um, I think it could be realistic for someone, but not me. Uh-huh. 
um, what did you did you did you like the the way that they filmed it? Did it feel like you were really in her school? I mean, it didn't look like a studio or a set. It looked like they were really in a school. Yeah, it looked like it was filmed in all real places, which was more realistic and better to watch. And what did you think about the ending? And again, just for the listeners, uh, there's not a dramatic ending per se. It's really just follows Kayla for the course of the week. But how did you feel that she came out of it at the end, right? She's able to sort of finally connect with somebody at the end. You want to talk about that? After a lot of loneliness. So during the pool party, the mean girl's cousin comes up to her and starts to talk to her and does like handstands in the water and they become sort of friends. And then the kid who was at the party, the cousin named Gabe, DMs her on Instagram, which means direct message. It's basically texting. Um, He messages her and then soon they hang out and she finally finds someone that she wants to be around and finds her own friends. Right, which is essentially, I guess, where her arc ends, right? she Much of the film focuses on her loneliness and isolation and lack of confidence. And at the end of the film, she ends up making sort of an unlikely friend after having a sort of an awkward teen kind of date at his house. Um, and we are left with her having one good friend, uh, whereas we kind of get the impression that she went through most of eighth grade and perhaps all of middle school extremely isolated it seemed like her first friend was the girl who she got set up with to shadow at the high school but that was a a set up friend which didn't really have a deep connection at all it also seemed realistic the way that during the date she was acting towards gabe because some of my friends have told me about people they liked and they're always very awkward and act kind of quirky when they talk about them or around them so that was very realistic, and I believe that part. And again, you know, when when you're a teenager, especially when you're an early teenager, I mean, you're you're really awkward. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's an awkward stage in life. You're sort of you know you're stuck between. You're not really a kid anymore. You're not really an adult anymore. Like you want freedom, but you don't really have freedom. You want independence. You don't really have independence. You don't really know what to do with independence if you had it or how to manage it. And sort of like I was talking about earlier on the podcast, again, that's very hard to portray in the movie. It often, you know, it descends into into camp. And for example, you know, when we were kids, everybody watched Saved by the Bell, but Saved by the Bell resembles no high school in America in the history of the world. It's just, it's ridiculous uh, the way that it's portrayed. Um, Nothing's that, like Saved by the Bell. Right. But maybe that was part of Saved by the Bell's charm. But again, you know, the way that they show, for example... Kayla's uh, pseudo date with Gabe is he literally he buys her chicken nuggets and they uh, sit at the table and eat chicken nuggets and discuss Rick and Morty. Uh, but again, the nice thing about that scene is you get the sense that perhaps Gabe is just as lonely uh, as Kayla was and was maybe just as much a fish out of water, no pun intended, at the pool party uh, than uh, as Kayla was. And, and maybe, you know, in a, in a world where nobody was watching her videos on YouTube, not only was he watching them, he was liking them. Uh, what did you think of her videos? Do you think they were realistic? Do you think a kid could put together a video like that? A kid definitely could because it didn't seem like it took a lot of time to do. Did you think her content was good? Like with the message she was trying to say, even though she couldn't pull it off in real life herself? I feel like she was trying to say it to herself, but not admitting it was for her. Yeah, and I think you've you've hit upon a key point that that the real audience of the video is hers. She's really trying to instruct herself, maybe on 
how she should be. Um, so we'll, I think we can we'll pretty much wrap it there. Um, I would say this is definitely one of the strongest films I've seen this year. Uh, and, and it shows you that, you know, less is more, like I often like to say on the podcast. This is a very focused, very narrow story that essentially covers, you know, a week in the life of uh, an eighth grader just as they're about to make a, a big transition in their lives. This movie has a lot of heart and a lot of warmth. Um, and again, I think almost anybody could watch this movie and identify with Kayla and her predicament because we've all been through this and everyone's had to go through this phase of their life. Um, so well done to Bo Burnham. Uh, definitely one of our standouts of the year. Uh, Sarah, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Uh, and I'll be uh, Instagramming you and dabbing and uh, Snapchatting you uh, later, Sarah. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> and we'll be back next week. Dabbing you later. <laughs> <laughs>